You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. I want to go in a different direction. Uh, a lot of times I'm kind of like making you laugh a little bit, you know, and but I like to be a little serious today. We'll be sharing communion. Uh, the title of the message is Holy Love. And uh, if I had a car and I wanted to give you a car, I could do that. If whatever I had, uh, maybe um, a, a mower or something that would help you, I could give that to you. But when it comes to sickness, and God forbid my wife or my children would ever have cancer, it's not something that is transferable. Even though I would take it from them to spare them, and many in this room has had to deal with it if we have cancer, it's something we just have to deal with. If you have cancer in your soul, and that's what I want to speak about this morning, Christ will take it from you. And he will take it for you. Theologians call this the act substitutionary atonement. But I believe a simpler term might be holy love. So to understand holy love, let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane. See, the cross is where we see the substitution. But my goal, I believe today, through the leading of the Holy Spirit is that we'll feel it. We won't see it, but I believe in the Garden of Gethsemane is where we can feel it. Stand with me. I told the, uh, if you're able, stand with me. I told the worship team in the back while we met for prayer that I would pray that today would not just be another day that we checked off the box of communion, but that we would feel communion and we would leave here today being grateful. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, then cometh Jesus with them to a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples, sit you here while I go and pray yonder. Let me stop there for a second. We all need a garden. We all need a place where we can go and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And then saith unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Do you hear that? 
I want to back up again. And he took with him Peter and two sons Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Have you ever experienced anxiety in your chest where you just felt like there was a ton on you? We can't even begin to imagine the pressure that was on the Lord. Verse 38 then saith unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. And then he says, Terry, you here. And he walketh a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. Amen. You may be seated. We have never seen Christ like this. He says, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. This struggle Christ was suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane was so terrible that it would have killed him had God not sent an angel to strengthen him. Let's listen to what Jesus said in Luke 22 and 42, saying, Father, if it be willing, thy will, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Such pain and agony. Verse 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it was great drops of blood falling down to the ground. We can't even begin to imagine what Christ took upon himself that you and I could be free of sin and have eternal life with a holy and righteous God. And everyone in the house ought to put your hands together and give him a hand clap of praise and thank him. Somebody bless him this morning. Gethsemane, the word means oil press or olive press. I want you to visualize taking an olive and putting it in between the grips of a press and cranking that down. And that's how his body felt. Gethsemane, an oil press. And there he is. His mind was open. He was given a vision of what was to come. And it was so heavy, it would have killed him unless God had sent an angel. Do you understand what I'm saying? Words could never express what Jesus experienced mentally and emotionally. What was he fearing? Christ feared a cup of suffering. I felt a little weird this morning when I picked this cup up because I've never drank coffee in my life, never. I called my wife and I said, bring me the biggest coffee cup we have. Cup in biblical terminology is more than a utensil for drinking. Cup equals God's anger. God's judgment, God's punishment. And Jesus was saying, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, Father. Your will be done. 
example when God took pity on Jerusalem. In Isaiah 51 and 22, he said, Thus saith thy Lord, thy Lord, and thy God, that pleadeth the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thy hand the cup of trembling, even the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt no more drink it again. According to John in Revelation 14 and 10, those who dismiss God will drink of the cup of wrath of God. Revelation 14 and 10, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. The ungodly, hear me this morning, the ungodly will drink the cup of God's wrath without any mixture. Some of you used to drink alcohol, some of us. And you know what a mixed drink is. Dilutes it, waters it down. What are we talking about here without mixture? Nothing will be mixed with his wrath. No love, no feelings of sympathy, no regret, no compassion. We all talk about how God is a God of love and compassion, and he is, but he's also a God of wrath. The full wrath of God will fall upon the ungodly. The cup of wrath and the cup of anger. Listen to John 3 and 36. He that believeth on the Son have everlasting life. And he believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Believe not in this scripture means when you don't obey. If you believe in God, you will obey God. Can somebody say amen? The cup equals God's wrath, specifically his anger toward rebellion. We, humanity, we have ignored God. We have violated his standards. Romans 3 and 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's each and every one of us. We violated God. According to the Bible, we are God-made temples. Listen to his word in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? So my tongue, my hands, my brain, all are the dwelling place and the tools of God. And when I use my tongue to hurt somebody else, I have violated the temple. I have sinned against God. When I use my hands to do the same, does anybody here ever, have you ever said something that offended somebody? Anybody guilty? I'm guilty. Can someone say, I'm guilty? Yet when I use my tongue to hurt somebody, these hands to injure my brain for my glory and not God's glory, I am vandalizing God's temple. Now down through the years, people break in churches, they destroy churches, since the Roe versus Wade in the Catholic churches across our country, 
People are going in and vandalizing, destroying statues, painting obscenities on the wall, and they are vandalizing. What does those people deserve? Somebody tell me. What? Those deserve to be thrown into jail. Let them pay the price is what you would say and I would say. What you and I feel toward those vandals when they come in God's house and destroy is what God feels when we sin. Any sinners in the house, this is sobering. What those vandals deserve is what we deserve, is punishment. Now God is not only holy, he's also love. Holy love finds a way to punish the sin and to love the scandal. I'm a sinner that needs loved by a holy God. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus chose to do just that for you and I. I deserved the punishment, Kent. Scotty, I deserved the punishment. Crystal, Leanne, Rosie, Rita, John, Steve, right on around the room, you and I was guilty. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he took the wrath of God and his name wasn't on the cup. My name was on the cup. Your name, realize this, he's being handed a cup that bears your name when we take communion this morning. If he drinks of it, God will do to him what God should have done to me. And he drank it. If Christ drinks the cup, he's your substitute. And he's my substitute. According to verse after verse in the Bible, Christ is willing to do that. So let's look at some of the verses. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There is a message of redemption. There is a message of substitution for sin this morning. In 1 Peter 3 and 18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. The Greek, the Greek word hyper means in place of or on behalf of. He drank that in place of you and I. New Testament writers repeatedly describes the work of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 and 3, Christ died for our sins on behalf of, in place of. Galatians 3 and 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Galatians 1 and 3, Christ gave himself for our sins. John 10 and 11, Jesus prophesied. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John 15 and 13, and greater love, and greater love, and greater love 
has no one than this, than one lay down one's life for his friend. In the upper room, Jesus took bread and he explained. Luke 22 and 19. And he took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it. And he gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Presenting the cup, this is, this is what he explained. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And that symbolizes Indy, his broken body. And most of us, if not all of us, have seen the play of the passion. And it's even hard to look at. And they couldn't make it as bad as what it really was. His body was broken. He said in verse 19, this is my body which is given for you. He bore the judgment of God against sin by dying for us. Listen to this in Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. In verse 20, Jesus identified the cup as his blood of the New Testament. His blood establishes a new covenant with God. It allows a new relationship with God. How's your relationship? Did he get what he paid for? We need to understand something this morning that the cross of Christ is more than a gift. It's a substitution. Because you and I should have been on that cross. Because he was the spotless lamb of God without sin, had done no wrong. He was 100% God, but he was born in a stable 100% man as we studied about Wednesday night. And George, he felt it all. The wrath of God and the worst part was his separation from God. Because God is a holy God and God cannot look down upon sin. My father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? He cried out. I would like for Adam and Carrie to come to the platform this morning. In the garden, he agreed to take the full force of a sin hating God. And because he took the cup that had my name on it, I will never have to drink from that cup, Pastor Rita. Because he took the cup, Doc Dino, George, Joan, you'll never have to drink from that cup. And I pray today, I know it's quiet. I pray today it's not just another day. That we take communion. And I was on a bus with 20 some guys Friday night sitting in the front seat with Jim Radcliffe and I hadn't sang this song in a lot of years. And I started humming it and didn't even know what I was humming. And the Lord just started bringing, you know me, I can sing the same song for 25 years and still get the wrong words. 
what I ask him this morning on the spot just to help me out a little bit. And then I want to give the invitation. Just suppose God searched through heaven. He couldn't find one willing to die. The supreme sacrifice that was needed. That would buy eternal life for you and me. Had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary. Had it not Just bless the Lord. Amen. 
you're thankful that He drank the cup, that He took all of your sins and all of my sins, every head bowed and every eye closed. The ushers and the deacons get in position for communion, but as every head is bowed and every eye is closed this morning, nobody looking around. Salvation comes down to a choice. Will you choose him today? The Lord loves you. No greater love than one lay down his life for his friends. We can't even begin to imagine. Let's not take it lightly. Do you know him? Is your heart right? I'm not asking you if you've joined a church. I'm asking you, have you prayed? And ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood that he shed on that cross. If you're here today, right where you're at, I'm not gonna single you out, but maybe you've never asked Christ into your life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off to tomorrow. You may step into eternity tomorrow. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, personal question today. If you was, death was to knock on your door this day, would heaven be your home? If you can't answer that, yes. Would you slip your hand up real high, right where you're at and say, this morning I'd like to give my life to Christ. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one this morning? I'll see your hand there, ma'am, in the front. Somebody else? Somebody else this morning? Just Terry for a moment, if you remember last week, I waited just a few seconds and it's like the floodgate opened up. Is the Lord speaking to you today? Is he drawing you? If that's you, slip your hand up. And that one that raised your hands, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, today I ask you, to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me. Lord Jesus, from this day forward, I will do my best to live my life for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 